You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. It's that time again. We're going to talk with Chris Raybon of the Action Network today, giving us his six-pack of best bets for Sunday week 14. This football season will be different. It already has been extremely different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Coming at you daily on the Locked On Podcast Network, at BD Peacock on Twitter, the scout Matt Williamson, a must-follow at Williamson NFL, and our next guest, at Chris Raybon and actionnetwork.com. Always a pleasure, Chris, chatting with you. You bring so much awesome data to the table when we talk about these games and you really attack these games in such a different angle than Matt and I do, which is fascinating. And I always learn a lot, and I know the listeners do as well. So welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Man, it's amazing how fast the weeks go when you get those extra primetime games. And I'm kind of a fan of it. Like, give me a Tuesday night (laughs) game every week. I'm cool with that. The one thing I didn't like, though, was that Wednesday afternoon. We We can scratch that all together. Yeah, I mean, it seems it's always like the same teams now because like, you know, the, the same like the Ravens and the Steelers and, uh, you know, had the COVID issues. So it's always kind of the same like three or four teams. So it is spots. kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump into week 14. Have you got some some hot picks for us? Is there some games that you really love on the Sunday slate this week? Absolutely. Uh, so going to start off with the Atlanta Falcons minus two and a half against the Chargers, and this is a spot, you know, talked about this pretty much ad nauseum, but I'm going to keep testing Anthony Wynn and this Charger team until they prove that they can win a game, much less a close game. Uh, so, I mean, you look at Anthony Wynn, and, and, and they got eliminated from the playoffs in that Buffalo game a couple weeks ago, and then they come out against New England, and I know New England, you know, that was a coaching mismatch. That was a game we picked uh, last week as well, but – for them to lose 45 nothing, uh, it, it just kind of, <laughs> you know, it kind of shows that there's a there's potential that the team uh, is kind of mailing it in a little bit. And you look at all of the home favorites, because they were a favorite last week against New England, and all of the home favorites um, since Pro Football Reference started collecting uh, odds data in 1975, a home favorite had never been shut out by more than, 35 points until until the Chargers last week. So uh, going with the the Falcons here, I still like their defense. Uh, I think that, you know, they're playing much better under Raheem Morris. If you look at the games uh, since he took over for Dan Quinn, uh, they haven't allowed 30 points yet. Uh, 27, uh, I believe, was the high to Denver in, in like a comeback second half garbage time kind of spot. So uh, like the Falcons defense, much improved. And uh, home field advantage has been worse. Pretty much nothing this year. So like the Falcons, minus two and a half against the Chargers. My only reservation, I, and I lean your way too, to be very honest with you, and I have no faith at all in the Chargers organization. But the two bad Herbert games were Belichick defenses, Miami and Belichick. The Falcons defense is much different. It's a little easier, much easier to decipher. I could see Herbert doing good things. Yeah, I think Herbert's done good things, you know, until the last couple of weeks, pretty much all season. And 
that's kind of the issue. It's that they still haven't won. Team, <laughs> right. They're they're underperforming with uh, a quarterback playing, you know, or who was playing mostly really great. So that just kind of shows you. And this team, the Chargers now, you know, this is not uh, any longer a team that's just kind of uh, underachieving. You look at the underlying metrics now and they are number 31 in weighted overall DVOA, which weights the more recent games a little more heavily. That means they're the second worst team uh, in the league in overall DVOA. It's horrible. Wow. And their special teams are historically bad. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's bad. Yeah, and, and bad coaching shows up in a number of ways, and, and we saw that in the Jets game, too. It's like you could play a great game up until the last five seconds, and one awful decision can really ruin the game for you. It can happen on special teams, it can happen on offense, or it can happen on defense, and it tends to show up throughout an organization, and uh, that's why good teams win and, and bad teams tend to lose. We saw that with the Patriots char- or the Patriots uh, Chargers yeah, last week, which is why both of us really liked the Patriots and, and pulled home an easy W on that one. So you've got the Falcons minus two and a half over the Chargers. What is pick number two in your Sunday six-pack this week, Chris? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay, you look at them this year, and they've kind of established a pattern they struggle against the elite teams in the league, and they've played uh, quite a few or at least uh, elite defenses. Minnesota has improved, but uh, this is a great spot for the Buccaneers to bounce back. You look at Tom Brady uh, in his career coming off a loss, 40-14 uh, and 14, uh, against the spread, 74%. Bruce Arians in his career coming off a loss, 27-15, and 15, 64% uh, against the spread, and uh, just a really kind of better matchup, I think, than Tampa Bay. You know, they've, they've faced uh, Kansas City. They've, they struggled in that Chicago game against a really elite defense. Uh, in this spot, you really have to only worry about uh, Thielen and, and Jefferson, but Tampa Bay can kind of match that, um, you know, on their end against a, a defense that's not elite. So like Tampa Bay uh, in this spot. And Minnesota's a little banged up on offense, too. You know, they're down a couple of tight ends, it, it looks like, which – you know, that offense is kind of predicated uh, on the tight end, you know, even though they run out, uh, you know, Thielen and Diggs do, the, uh, excuse me, Thielen and Jefferson do the heavy lifting, but, you know, Rudolph, Irv Smith, uh, you know, Rudolph looks like he may not go. Uh, that that could be big for Minnesota as well. Maybe I'm giving Tampa a little bit too much of the benefit of the doubt, but I just think Brady's history is so strong in this bye week, I think comes at an awesome time for Tampa. Mm-hmm that I have to think that Brady has just been grinding the tape, making Arians crazy with suggestions of how to fix this offense and having two weeks to do so while they kind of heal their aging bones, I think really works out well for Tampa. And go to bed early. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because this team is, you know, along with Carolina, the last team to have a bye week in Tampa Bay, uh, that roster uh, is very good, but it's also very old. And so uh, that the team really needed a bye week. You know, I was thinking about this game, and I thought maybe it would be a little bit tighter. I would I would have thought this game would have been, you know, four points, and then it would have been like, okay, that's an easy pick for the Buccaneers. And I, and I think Vegas got it right. But just having the Vikings coming off five of six wins and the Bucs losing three of four, are you surprised that uh, – I'm not surprised that the Bucs are favored, but I thought the line might have been a little, even a little bit lower than six and a half. I'm not surprised. I think if you adjust for strength of schedule, you know, the Bucks are going to move up in your power ratings just because of the, you know, 
they have a three point loss to Kansas city, which, you know, kind of moves you up. And then uh, also you look at the Vikings, what do they do? They, they go to overtime against the Jaguars who are one in 11. They go, uh, they lose, you know, straight up to the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, that's what the Vikings have kind of been doing over these last few weeks. And, and so they get knocked down a little bit in terms of strength of schedule. Yeah, that was a tough I'm one for of, me last week with, with with the Vikings. It's like, okay, did the Vikings just prove that they're able to uh, beat a bad team? Or, were, you know, is, are, is Jacksonville just scrappy? Or is Viking are the Vikings that bad and playing down to that level? It's a, it, it really left me with more questions than answers seeing that Vikings-Jacksonville game last week. And the Vikings are in that playoff hunt, too. So it's like they've got something to play for. Yeah, I mean, I think the Vikings are, listen, Mike Zimmer's a great coach, and so the Vikings are probably overachieving a little bit. Remember how they started the season and nothing looked like it was going to go right, and they somehow rebounded, and they could very well get that seventh seed. But uh, look at when Kirk Cousins has historically struggled, and it's against pressure fronts and, and, you know, fronts that can kind of fly around at him and, and, and and get pressure and, and not necessarily have to blitz either. And Tampa Bay does blitz a lot, but they don't necessarily have to to get pressure uh, on Cousins. So um, that also kind of adds into it. Uh, this is one of those spots where uh, you could see a, kind of a, a bad game from, from Cousins, even though he's been playing well lately. I'm kind of leaning towards the over, to be honest with you. I, I, I think the Bucks D could use that buy too, but hasn't been as good as it was early in the year. And I kind of like the way Cousins is playing, plus those weapons, plus Cook, and really trusting Brady to get it right. I'm not a fan of the Vikings' D. I can see points in this game. Yeah, the Bucks tend to be one of those teams that, even though they have a great defense, uh, a lot of points because they're throwing a lot. You know, Brady will throw about 40 times. So, And I think the Vikings will throw more than they usually do because mm-hmm. this – Bucks D is really strong against the run. And so you don't know if Dalvin Cook is going to get his usual, you know, five yards a pop in this one. Plenty more games to get to from Sunday week 14 with Chris Rabon coming up on Peacock and Williamson. You know, sometimes I hit a wall between my numerous podcasts I do every day, and it's very easy to power through that wall with Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take, one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase, you can put it in your backpack, you can put it in your glove box, you can put it in your golf bag, that's another place that I love to have a Built Go, is on the golf course, power you through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash feeling, because it's natural, and it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Fast absorbing, gets into your system quickly, and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your energy. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And I'm going to take a peek at Thursday Night Football as well, preview Pats and Rams a little later. But we've got more great insight from Chris Raybon about Sunday's games and his favorite picks. We've got the Falcons and the Buccaneers, two down, four to go. Who's next in your Sunday six-pack, Chris? Going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, plus two and a half at the Buffalo Bills. And I like the Buffalo Bills uh, a lot. Uh, The Steelers, we've kind of been talking about this. You know, they were due for kind of one of these games where their offense finally does them in. But 
Uh, I still think this is a pretty big overreaction to what we saw in the span of like six hours on that. Uh, what was it? Tuesday <laughs> night, Monday or yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So uh, I have this game power rated about a pick them. Um, you know, most of our, us here at action network have it around uh, the same, the same number. And so you look at Pittsburgh and yeah, their defense is not going to be as good as it was at early in the year because they're, you know, linebackers are dropping like flies, but Buffalo is still a team that a little bit, overrated in the sense of they've been playing some uh you know their schedule has been a little bit weak both of these teams really have been playing a weaker schedule but uh I just think that in this spot Pittsburgh it, it, the game should be closer to a pick them there's no there's been no real home field advantage and also this is a classic spot for um Mike Tomlin and, and look at his history primetime games with Tomlin oh yeah and it's it's not even just that because he's he's a rah-rah yeah like Primetime games are one thing, and, and of course he just loses one on uh, the other last week. But he's a rah rah coach, right? And you know, after that sloppy game against Baltimore, you know he couldn't really make his point because they kind of escaped there with a win. But if you look at him in his career, uh, off a loss, fifty eight percent against the spread, forty two and thirty, uh, and you look at him as an underdog, and it hasn't happened very often because Pittsburgh's just been so consistent. But uh, as an underdog in Mike Tomlin's career, thirty six and eighteen against the spread 67%. Uh, this is the t- type of spots where he can get his team riled up. Uh, and, you know, Buffalo has been playing so well. Like, this is a letdown spot for Buffalo and kind of a, an emotional bounce-back spot for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 11 plus 2.5. The only note I want to mention just with the Steelers that I'm so close with is I really felt over the last two weeks, but especially against Washington, because Baltimore was a shell of himself, that this team looks tired. You mentioned the injuries are starting to set in. They played three games in 12 days. They kind of got robbed of their bye, and that was an early, early one to begin with after that Tennessee COVID debacle, that this will be the first real seven-day week of prep. And actually, it's only six for them now. Right, still six. (laughs) Still six. But compared to what they've been dealing with, I don't know if that's enough to get them – rejuvenated i mean the second half against washington they got beat up and they looked tired yeah and you know washington is a you know they're they're not they're not an easy team to kind of uh you know put away they're actually the number one team in terms of second half point differential so washington you got to be careful if they could just get it together and be more consistent in the first half i mean it'd be a really dangerous team but no i totally agree pittsburgh is beat up and that's why i think the the situational spot is so important here for tomlin because i think they need that kind of extra kick that motivation to where in that washington game it, you you just kind of saw it kind of it, it wasn't there and it wasn't there in that baltimore game either to to be quite honest they just happened they just to got away with it yeah right <laughs> all right we're halfway there pick number 4 chris in the action network sunday six pack is the where hold on oh yeah the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> minus yeah. thirteen against the New York Jets Woo. so uh, we don't do this very often we don't go we don't go uh, big favorite here but talk to last week you know uh, I actually had some some Jets money line I was upset about that but also had a, some Jets spread they did cover so that was good and now it's uh, it's time to fade them again the Giants. And what they did to Seattle, the Giants are quickly becoming one of the best game plan teams in the league. And so I think a lot of people, yeah, right? So 
a lot of people are going to look at Seattle and like, oh man, you know, they just, you know, they just let one go to the Giants. The Jets look more competitive. I don't know. But in reality, the Jets aren't going to be able to do what the Giants uh, did against Seattle. Uh, and especially not after they just fired their defensive coordinator, which, you know, it, it, usually when you have like a new coach, a new head coach, that usually gives a team a bo- boost. But in this case, now you're just, you know, you just fired your defensive coordinator and you're going to play one of the most explosive offenses in the league. So uh, I think this is a great bounce back spot for Seattle. Uh, historically speaking, uh, another team that, you know, kind of sweepwalking through this third quarter of the season. But you look at uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson uh, in their careers coming off a loss 25 and 13, 66 percent uh, against the spread. And then Adam Gase. Uh, this is the time to, to to fade him when he's a road underdog with a, a spread of five and a half points or, or more. He's just five of 18, uh, excuse me, five and 18 against the spread, 24%, uh, including just two and seven uh, with a spread of 11 or more. So uh, this is one of the few coaches that you can actually pick against uh, with these large spreads. Because he usually, you know, when he's that much of a, uh, you know, kind of uh, at a big disadvantage, usually doesn't get the team to outperform expectations. So uh, love Seattle here in a bounce back spot minus 13. I love how you mentioned the Giants defense. And I want to talk more about that tomorrow, but I've been very, very impressed the more homework I've done. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of your Tomlin call. I'm going to bet on the head coach that's been around the block an awful lot. Absolutely, because, yeah. you know, you look at Seattle and they start off so strong and everyone's like, ah, oh, there's Russell Wilson, MVP, Seattle, Super Bowl. And then they kind of hit a wall and, you know, it's 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 a long season. And, you know, this these kind of teams, they need motivation. They need a kick. They need something, you know, they need something to get the coach, the, for the coach to get their attention. And I think this did. And you look at Jamal Adams, he's going to be fired up and ready to go, obviously, uh, against the Jets. And, uh, you know, he's these- playing well now. People yeah. don't realize that. They rush the passer and they're playing well all of a sudden. Yeah, Adams and Dunlap have changed everything. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah. both getting pressure. And you only need a couple – you only need a little bit of pressure to kind of change things for the quarterback, and, and they're getting it. And it's coming from odd places. But, uh, yeah, it's completely changed the defense. You know, 24 against the Rams. Even in the loss to the Giants, just 17 points allowed. So, uh, yeah, we'll love Seattle here. Uh, I think they uh, win big. If Jamal Adams was just used 100% of the time as a pass rusher, he would probably lead the league in sacks. That's how good of a pass rusher he is. It's pretty amazing to see a safety like with legitimate skills getting after the quarterback like he has. Uh, one question with this Jamal game. Jamal Adams' revenge game. Yeah, and it's his revenge game for him too, right, which is a huge <laughs> right. factor, although he doesn't get to go at Greg Williams, which is probably the guy he hates the most in the building, which is the guy that everybody hates the most in that building. But uh, on that point, Chris, is there a similar bump when a team fires a coordinator as there is when they change head coaches midseason? Not that I know of because it's it's a little different. You know, the head yeah. coach is responsible for, you know, motivating the team and kind of leading. He, he's the leader. And so uh, when you have a coordinator that's fired, you know, I think on offense, you may get a little bit more of a bump because there's more of that kind of the unknown factor. And, you know, you're, you're on the offensive. And so that could give the defense problem, but, I would actually worry a little bit about a team that fires its defensive coordinator because the defense, you know, it's still their job to kind of uh, react, you know, to the other, to the opponent. And, you know, you wonder where the preparation is going to be at. Um, I'm sure that 
the Jets, you know, probably I would think give a, a, a better effort, but I don't know because it's also very dejecting. You know, even though Williams is gone, uh, that was kind of their chance for their win this year. And uh, you could also just see a letdown spot from the Jets emotionally because they were so close and they really should have got that win. Like I'm sure players on that sideline pretty much had that win, you know, kind of squared away in their head uh, before that, you know, unfortunate series of events happened with Henry Ruggs. So uh, this is also a, a, a kind of a letdown spot for the Jets. We'll see how many safeties are, are deep in that Jets defense uh, for, uh, for every play probably in this game. Uh, all right, let's move it along. We've got Falcons, Bucks, Steelers, Seahawks, Two more games that could make you some money coming up with Chris Raybon of the Action Network and Matt and I will preview Thursday Night Football. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents or whatever might have held you back, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I watch in a number of different places. I watch every game all day, Sunday, again on Thursday, again on Monday. Uh, Maybe if there's a second Monday night game as we get sometimes, I'm in on that too. And I'm watching uh, multiple games on multiple screens and I need refreshment. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, Chris, we're giving up some points here. A lot of them with the Seahawks. Who else do you like in your Sunday six-pack? Kansas City Chiefs minus seven against the Miami Dolphins. And the Chiefs have kind of been, and another team kind of, they've been good, but, you know, they haven't really been blowing the doors off anyone. You know, they let the Bucks cut backdoor cover uh the broncos kept it close as well so now you have a a spot here where uh the chiefs are going on a road uh again and i think the the quarterback mismatch here is is big because tua uh for as well as he's kind of played and 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 kind of held things down uh, he really hasn't had to do too much and miami has played these a lot of these teams where they've had the advantage on special teams they've had the advantage on defense they've had the advantage in terms of coaching with Brian Flores. Uh, and this is not going to be one of those games. You know, the Chiefs are, are well-coached, excellent, uh, you know, special teams, uh, defense, Spagnolo's great. And Andy Reid, you know, specializes, taking his team on the road. Uh, he's 83 and 55, 60% uh, in his career on the road, 63% uh, with the Chiefs, so, uh, 65%, excuse me, with the Chiefs uh, only. So uh, just a, a spot here where I think, because Miami's been overachieving so much and playing so well, uh, this number has kind of come down a little bit to where uh, I would make it a a few points higher because you look at two and, you know, 6.6 yards per pass attempt. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, beats that by a, a couple of yards. And that's just a huge difference. Uh, and Miami's run defense also, uh, you know, is is one of the worst in the league. And so that that creates a really tough situation when, you know, the Chiefs can not only, you know, they're going to throw the ball and be more efficient than pretty much every team in the league, but that now you also have a bad run defense. And Miami's been getting, you know, what they do is they kind of send those zero blitzes and they love to, 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 to send the house at quarterbacks, but you can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. You, like, like he, that this year, it's kind of proven it. 
you have to sit back and, and that's how teams have been playing well. So it just puts Miami in a tough spot where they're not really going to be able to play the way they want to play. That's the biggest thing to me. Well, Mahomes versus two is the biggest thing to me. And you know, this roster being better than Miami's is the biggest thing to me. But what you said there at the end is really something that stands out in this game is Miami's had a ton of success blitzing, man coverage, leaving corners on islands. Well, ask the ta- ask the Bucks how that worked against Kyrie Kill when he had 200 yards in the first quarter. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, Brian Flores will have seen, will watch that tape and adjust, but there's always so much they can do because like you said, uh, it's just a, there's a mismatch at quarterback. And that's, that's always going to be the biggest thing is that, you know, when you have one quarterback and one passing offense, that's, you can just project is so much more efficient than the other. Uh, that's just a huge advantage. And, and again, there, there's really been no tangible home field advantage this season. So, um, you know, just because Chiefs on the road doesn't really mean much either. No, it's not going to be hot or anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's finish it up. Pick number six in our Action Network Sunday Six Pack. Chris, who you got here? Here's the ugliest pick of the week. And uh, not the Bengals again. <laughs> not even. Okay. Uh, it's uglier. The, <laughs> the So, and this line is off the board. So, uh, but it got it at one and a half for Chicago. Uh, against the the Texans now obviously we don't know what's going to happen there's you know so a player has tested positive for COVID we don't know who it is so if it's somebody important obviously this line could change drastically so I would you know advise everybody to kind of you know pay attention to to what's going on with the news because you know this this pick may end up you know it might may it just might not be a good pick if if uh like the line opens at Chicago plus eight or something like that but as of as of now it, it, it's a one and a half point spread and, you know, Chicago at home playing against Houston here and, and Houston without Will Fuller, without Kenny Stills, you know, that, you know, those receivers, it's just such a difference in terms of Deshaun Watson and being able to get the ball down the field. And this is the kind of game and, and team Chicago needs to, to kind of play a team that's, you know, doesn't really have that many weapons and is not going to be able to just, you know, like Aaron Rodgers just b- run them out of the building uh, on offense. And on the other side of the ball, Houston is the worst run defense in the league. And, uh, you know, even though Chicago ended up losing to Detroit last week, we kind of saw, you know, what happens. That offense looks a lot better when they can run the football. We even saw some of that against Green Bay. So uh, this is a spot where, and and there's going to be a lot of wind too. So this is just one of those spots that kind of plays into the way Chicago has to win a football game. And uh, this is another game I have, as a pick them, but again, now we, we don't know what's going on with the with the COVID situation, so I have to stay tuned. BP, I can promise you this won't be high on my list to pick for next, <laughs> oh, tomorrow. I'm, I'm picking this one tomorrow. You're going to have to wait and see which way I go You're in this game. It. And uh, yeah, and it's funny because, Chris, you mentioned that if there's an important player that has COVID here, that the line might change a lot, which means that if it's a Bears quarterback, then the line probably won't change, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It is, okay. There's no way it could possibly change. I don't think, no, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's the Bears are, you know, they we could kind of tell early in the year that they were uh, fraudulent, I guess, for lack of a better word, even though they they started out so hot. But um, now it's kind of come full circle where, uh, you know, they've been losing for so long that everyone just kind of expects expects it to happen. Um, You look at the, the history of, you know, teams that are on these, you know, four to six game uh, against the spread losing streaks, which the Bears are on. Um, and those teams are 52 and 30, 63% against the spread. So um, this is one of those spots where 
Um, the Bears, this is a winnable game for the Bears. I'll put it that way. You know, Houston just, you know, for them to lose Fuller and, and those weapons on 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 uh, on offense just really hurts at this time. And uh, their run game, uh, uh, you know, their run game is not very good either. Even with David Johnson back, um, their run game ranks as one of the worst on offense. So uh, just a just a just a kind of a toss up game where uh, taking the value. But again, just got to stay tuned for uh, for any updates with the COVID situation. I will say I'm a little worried that the Bears once great defense has had about enough and they're worried about their golf and vacation reservations in about now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think listen, you do you played uh you played Aaron Rodgers, no one's been True. stopping him. And then you played Detroit and they kind of have the advantage of they, you know, Patricia's gone. It's that, you know, it's that first game for the new coach. So that's you know, it, it's one of those unexpected things, but here it's it's like Houston, Deshaun Watson, and and he's great, and and he. But that's it. But yeah, it's it's really it. I mean, they had Chad Hansen uh, go for a, over a hundred yards in, in the game against the Colts, and um, you know had a, had a decent chance to win it, but they they didn't. They were like scoreless in the second half, I believe. And uh, I think this Bears defense probably still uh, on par with that Colts defense. And you're in, you're talking about some weather and 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 all that stuff. So uh, just in, in one of those ugly games that. Uh, that that Chicago can, can handle, barring any massive uh, absences due to uh, the pandemic. Fantastic stuff. You know what, Chris? Looking at this, you are a guy that likes to go a lot with uh, the dogs and take points, and you're giving up more points than usual this week, especially that Seahawks minus thirteen. I feel like that's not like you. Yeah, so it's just kind of you got to play the weeks, you know, week by week. Last week I was I was on the Jets for pretty much the first one of the first, maybe the first time all year actually. You yeah. almost called the upset. I wanted to say that to start the show. You you even said uh, one week ago yep. you maybe bet the Jets money line. I was blown away when that came out of your mouth, but you were right. Uh, I mean, I wasn't right because of Greg Williams. Well, but, you, oh, were oh, right. you were pretty you were pretty darn right. But yeah, you, you kind of got to play the, the the week by week. So there's again, there's no set formula or uh, or anything like that. You're just kind of projecting out the games and, and analyzing them and, and and looking at the market and where that is. And you know, being that the Seahawks have you know came off a loss against a team that uh, you know most people thought they should beat, being that the Jets are you know now looked very close, it it, it kind of keeps this line in check. Where I think if things had gone just a little bit differently last week and and let's say the Raiders you know cover and win by more than seven and the Seahawks you know win by whatever it was 10 or more that they were favored by uh you would see this line I mean it it would be it would be above 14 for sure it might be inching towards 17 so uh just just like the value here fantastic stuff Chris always a pleasure chatting with you and we'll do it again next week have a good week 14 you too All right, Matt, we've got a few minutes here. Let's preview this Thursday night football game. It's nice to have another Thursday game back, and it's such a short week. When you have Tuesday night football, you come back Thursday with the next week, week 14. It is the Patriots at Rams kicking off week 14. The Pats coming in at 6-6 and with that huge blowout shutout win over the Chargers last week, and the Rams with with a big win for them as well, knocking off the Cardinals, the Rams, with the tiebreaker sitting at first place in the NFC West. The Rams 4-1 at home this year, 8-4 record overall. They're favored by 4.5 over the Pats in this one. Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago, and we saw so little points in that game, but these two teams have changed dramatically. But I do think the coaching familiarity between two of the top um, minds at their respective you know uh, sides of the field is, is prominent here. It, it matters. 
Um, but I don't know that the Patriots are going to run the ball extremely well. And I don't know that Newton's going to have um, a lot of success. They have to play it close to the vest, win on special teams, and they do have that special teams advantage. I think the Rams are a much more well-rounded team. And a couple things I always think about when I watch the Rams are, who's Jalen Ramsey going to lock down? Well, in this case, doesn't matter. I mean, they don't have anybody. I mean, so maybe he'll be used in a variety of ways and uh, maybe he'll spam or, or maybe he'll spy Cam. I don't know. Um, I think they can do a decent job against Donald. But most importantly, maybe with the Rams is, are they facing great pass rushers? No. So I think Goff will have time. And when Goff has time, he carves people up. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Belichick gets Goff and gets McVay. And, and I think I've seen it a lot with the 49ers. When a team has them figured out and can cause trouble for Goff, that it's, it doesn't turn out well. We saw it in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And, and I, I want to just take the points in this game just because of that factor. Because I think that Bill Belichick can make life difficult enough that the Patriots are absolutely going to be in this game. And, and I like the way the Patriots are playing right now. Obviously, the... The Rams are a much better team in L.A. than the Chargers were last week that the that the Patriots saw. But uh, I, I like the coaching matchup in this one because teams that have Goff's number really give them problems. The one caveat there, uh, as you mentioned, is pass rush. And that's the one thing that really affects Goff more than anything. Can they get in his face? Can they pressure Goff? Because if they don't, this is going to go the Rams way. Yeah, and actually I wasn't even thinking about the spread, but I, I do these videos for the, the top five or six games of the week. So I really broke this one down. And I have the Rams winning, by, but not by as much as the as Vegas has it. So I would take the points. I just think it's a pretty good matchup for the Rams. I, and to your point, I think Belichick will keep it close somehow, shorten the game, run the ball a lot, eat clock, you know, not let the Rams get that big lead. It should be fun. I actually am really looking forward to this game on Thursday yeah. night football. And uh, there is, uh, you know, you can't close the book on the Patriots for it being a playoff team yet either at six and six. Look out there coming from uh, behind. I, I, I'm guilty of it. Like, and I, maybe I write teams off too soon. I wrote the Patriots off a few weeks ago. I was like, well, Me too. they're done. They're done, done. Uh, and the Rams are, are in first place right now. There's, I mean, there's a chance that they could still not make the playoffs. That's how tight things are in the NFC. I would not expect that to be the case, but still a lot to play for for both of these teams. So this feels like, you know, a nice primetime matchup, Rams-Patriots, as probably people expected when they made the schedule that this would be a, a you know big-time game. I, I think it has that feel for me right now. I agree. I love the coaching matchup. I mean, the Rams always bring star power. I think the Rams are really, really good on both sides of the ball. Belichick might be coach of the year. I mean, I, I, I said this thing last week with, with the other Los Angeles team that they wiped the floor with. Imagine what Belichick would be doing with this Rams roster right now. You know, I mean, I feel like if we do that against every New England opponent, because they're they rival the Jets and Jags as the worst rosters in the league. I really believe that. Did you see the note that Bill Belichick revealed, and, and I don't even know how true this is, and maybe this is Bill Belichick trying to help out his kid, but uh, Steve Belichick is apparently the guy who's calling the defensive plays right now for the Pats. Oh, really? I, yeah. I didn't know that. My first thoughts are, maybe he's super qualified. Maybe he's a, a, a savant. I mean, his, his dad obviously knows a thing or two. And As Kyle did. Shanahan learned a few things right. from his dad. And, and Bill's dad, too, but, so that might just be running through right, the genes. Right. And you've probably been around it since he could crawl. Of course he has. So maybe he's awesome, but 
I bet Bill has a lot to do with it during the week. Yeah, I bet he game plans the heck out of it. And <laughs> That's uh, all I'm saying. There's, a, there's not much of a variance on that play sheet that Steve can go with with his you know, with, with his calls. And it's funny because all of the responses I saw, I think this was an NESN uh, article that, that mentioned that, and the responses were hilarious. This responses, first of all, tons of responses about, have you seen uh, Steve Belichick's haircut? He's kind of got this weird, like, right, early right. 90s mullet thing going on, which is an interesting look. And, you know, Dad's always had an interesting thing going on with him. I'm not uh, sure fashion's the most important <laughs> thing in the rest no, of Belichick men. No, that is not important <laughs> for that family at all. But it was funny. And then some of the responses were, no wonder the Pats suck this year. The, the wrong guys called the plays. And, you know, you know, uh, Patriots course. fans are. So uh, that was just an interesting note there and when you start talking about coaches around the league I mean if he's calling if I mean his last name's Belichick if he's calling the plays for the New England Patriots at some point there's going to be head coach conversations with Steve Belichick so that was the biggest takeaway for me and I just wanted to mention it there's certainly a head coach track record for people that have held that title yep absolutely all right good stuff Matt we will have fun watching Thursday Night Football we'll break down that game Friday as well as making our six packs and previewing all of the Sunday games Right here, Peacock and Williamson.